When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the B block, though, correct? Okay. All right, Absolutely. so we're coming off with first our pings that we like the most. More? Yep. Okay. Yep. Awesome. No left, right, huh? We're good. Okay. Zoom in a little click. You got it. Yep. Oops. That enough? You want more? You want more or less? Uh, I forget. You want plus or minus? <laughs> okay. Either or, whatever you prefer. You got it. Well, Microphone's okay. Sound Oklahoma okay for my for my champion. If that's cool. Yeah, 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 I'll go Oklahoma. I got you, Amy. A little bit more uh, drama than expected, but we're here. Yeah, that's how we, that's how we roll, Rod. Exactly. We don't like smooth sailing. Yep, yep. It's boring. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. Sure.
Exactly. Okay. Um, hey, Lisa, Wendy. can you put that uh, Big 12 schedule up pretty quickly? Uh, yes, Rod. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy well, birthday. thank you. Happy I was just going to say, <laughs> thanks, Aaron. Um, we match, Wendy. Black on black. All black. See? I, yeah, black is not a very birthday color. I guess I, didn't, I guess I should have been a little more festive, Rod. But, <laughs> hmm. Well, you and me both. Hmm. <laughs> What's the big plans? Do you have any? <laughs> uh, uh, just a little, little dinner out with the wife. Nothing crazy. Low key. Mm, nice. Yeah. My husband's birthday was last Friday, and I tried to talk him into exactly that, but he wouldn't have it. He was having none of it, huh? Okay. No, he thinks he's 25. He wanted a bar crawl. I was like, can't we have a nice civilized dinner? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? So crawled we did. Oh, no, 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 I'm no, like, no. You got to be kidding me. Well, I didn't. I drove, but I mean, no. I was like, you got to be kidding me. What's wrong with a nice, yeah. civilized meal? No. That's boring, yeah. he said. Yeah. Hmm. Now, the bar crawl doesn't work anymore. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I had to work the next day, too, with uh, NFL Rewind. Oh, boy. That's not... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Football Live. Happy to have you with us. Wendy Nix, Rod Gilmore, Aaron Murray. But the good news is we already have a schedule release. Hot off the presses. It's the Big 12 schedule for 2023. Take your first look. 
Here we go, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. They won't have to wait long until we see Texas and Alabama right off the bat. Actually, they face off in week two. The Red River Showdown takes place mid-season this year. We also get the Big 12 Championship game rematch coming up in week eight. Uh, so here it begins, Rod. It won't be long. We'll be at summer camp. Uh, we'll be talking about the schedule in earnest. But when you take that first cursory glance, what are you excited to see? Wendy, can't wait. Can't wait to get started on next season already. And listen, it's the rematch that jumps out at me first and foremost. Texas and Alabama. The first game was so good and so close. Uh, it, it makes you want to have that second game. Now, had Quinn Ewers not gotten hurt in that first game, they might have beaten Alabama at home. That was such a good game and a close game. He could make all the difference. And a lot of us believe, I mean, I'm going to stand up and say, raise my hand. A lot of us believe Texas will be really, really good in 2023. And so this will be a good test to determine if they are that good. If it's Alabama reeling a little bit from not having been in the championship game, we'll see. And I also want to see that TCU-Houston game. I, I think we'll find out if TCU bounces back from the beatdown they got against Georgia, uh, Aaron. Yeah, for me, I want to go to week four is my first game I'm looking forward to in the conference, and that's Oklahoma traveling to Cincinnati. Obviously, we get four newbies to the conference that we're about to discuss here in a little bit, but Cincinnati has been that power or group of five team these past couple of years, being that first team that made the playoffs a year ago. Luke Fickle built a powerhouse, but now he's moved on. Is Satterfield ready to take this team and continue that success in the power five? So it's their first Big 12 game in the conference against Oklahoma, who's been the dominant team over the past decade in the conference as well. So kind of seeing how the fans react to it, how energized they are. Are they ready to really start that schedule in the new conference? And then for Oklahoma, obviously a very disappointing year one for Venables, six and seven. You know, they got the talent on both sides of the football. Dylan Gable returns back at quarterback. I think they take a massive step in the right direction but it's going to be a big challenge on the road for Cincinnati who plays great at home. And kind of my second game is week one TCU going to Colorado. Can TCU repeat the same success they had last season? Max Duggan was tremendous. Heisman candidate uh, was incredible in the fourth quarter. And then obviously we know the storylines with Colorado Dion there. Primetime has all the guys transferring there to, to Boulder. Are they ready in year one under Dion? I think a lot of great headlines for that week one matchup. Well, we get started strong, and he stole my thunder just a little bit, Aaron, but it is worth talking about again because, as you mentioned, the Big 12 will be adding some new teams. The conference adds, adds four new teams, all of which, we remind you, have been a success in their former conferences. Cincinnati, as you mentioned, became the first non-Power 5 team to make the college football playoff in 2021. Then there's BYU, Houston, and UCF. They've all had impressive runs in their own right as well. We can also talk about the teams leaving eventually, but right now, uh, because in terms of this season, the Big 12 will add four new teams. Who has the best shot at being the most successful newcomer, Aaron? I'm going to go with UCF and maybe call me biased because I'm a kid from Florida. I grew up about an hour away in Tampa. But, you know, what Gus, Gus is able to do, the recruits that they're going to be able to bring in, the fact that John Rice Pumley is back for his senior year, I think was a big, big win for the Golden Knights. And you're talking about a quarterback that fits exactly what he wants to do, a guy that's athletic, can run the football. I thought took a step forward when it comes to throwing the football as well last year. You get him going with another spring, summer, and fall camp, I think he can really take a step forward 
in this system. So like I said, I think they're going to be able to recruit extremely well in that state. I'm looking forward to see what they can do in a, in a, in a power five position as well now. You know, Aaron, um, I think all four teams are going to struggle. It is a big adjustment when you move up mm -hmm. in a conference like that. And, and part of it is just building your roster and having the depth you know, to deal with the week-in and week-out battle that these teams are going to face. I mean, we saw that with Utah in the Pac-12. You know, it took them a while to adjust and to get to the point where their depth, their roster was good enough to compete week in and week out. And I think that's going to happen with all four of these teams. But if I had to pick one, I'm with you. I would take UCF, uh, particularly because I, I like the fact that they get some key players coming back. You know, Jason Johnson and Ricky Barber on the defensive side both decided to come back. Cincy, uh, so much turnover for Cincinnati. Scott Satterfield steps in. You know, there have been a lot of changes, a lot of roster movement. But those two teams have the most experience at playing big teams and having success. So between Cincy and UCF, Eileen, UCF, Wendy. All right, Rod, you mentioned you thought Texas would have a strong season. We'll talk about the Longhorns, but let's start with Oklahoma. Again, these two packaged together because they'll the two teams that will eventually leave the Big 12. Uh, what are your expectations for Oklahoma in 2023? Well, I, I think they'll be better, um, and a lot of Oklahoma fans would say, well, duh, they, they have to be. Um, but listen, they've got to get better on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this was just not what was expected. Brent Venables, the head coach, defensive expert, was really sort of embarrassed by the way his defense played last season. I mean, you look at the numbers and you go, this is just not Oklahoma. You know, they, they were 10th in, in passing defense in their conference, 274 yards a game. They gave up 30 points a game, and teams ran the ball on them. So I think that's going to be the big issue. Have they done enough to solidify their defense and get better? Because, you know, Aaron, I, I got to tell you, I mean, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback, if he's healthy, they're pretty good on the offensive side. But to me, it's the defense that's a big problem for Oklahoma. Well, you know, thinking year two with Venables, they're going to take a step forward. I mean, it is an adjustment. You talk about for teams going to a new conference. It's also adjustment when it comes to the schemes on both sides of the football. And we know you alluded to it, Rod, like Brett Venables, he knows his stuff on that side of the football. And now all of a sudden you get another spring and summer to get these guys ingrained in the system. I've talked to a couple of guys there in Oklahoma, uh, Roy Williams being one of them, the, the two-time All-American. And he's like, listen, when I watch the film and I talk to the guys in that locker room and on that staff, Guys are just trying to do too much. They're trying to impress this coaching staff. Just do your job, play in your gap. And this defense has plenty of talent on both sides of the football. So you said it, they got the guys on offense. Dylan Gabriel's a stud, maybe one of the best quarterbacks in that conference. If the defense can just get a little bit better, I think this team takes a massive step forward. I mean, five games last year, all within a touchdown. All of a sudden you win three or four of those games, you're competing for a conference championship. And Aaron, uh, on the same token, do you agree with Rod about Texas taking a major step forward as well? Yeah, I, I, I think they will. I think it's the quarterback position to me that 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 really is a concern right now. You know, Quinn Ewers was great, you know, in that game versus Alabama. He was really good early on. All of a sudden, he gets back from the injury and just didn't look himself. You know, especially the games on the road looked like the game was happening too fast. He was late with his feet. He was late with the throws down the field had trouble with accuracy, had trouble with turnovers. I think he's really talented, but now all of a sudden you have the pressure of Arch Manning coming on campus. 
How does he handle that heading into a second year? And I don't think, you know, I don't want to put any kind of, hey, Arch, go, go save Sarkeesian's job. Hey, Arch, go out there and go win the Big 12 as a true freshman. So this all depends on Quinn Ewers. You know, they got A.D. Mitchell, the transfer receiver from Georgia. really like him a lot, but it all comes down to can Quinn Ewers take his game to another level? Aaron, are you starting the quarterback controversy already right out the gate? <laughs> Stir the pot, Aaron. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Let's give Quinn Ewers a little bit of time. Listen, I, 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 I love Quinn Ewers, and I think if he's healthy, we will see that he is a top, top quarterback. And I think you're right. He struggled near the end of the season when he was a little beat up. But I think if he's healthy, uh, I, I'm not sure that uh, there's any chance that Arch would get the field. He, he, he's a really good quarterback and might get to the NFL. But I will say this. Texas, Texas lost five games by one possession. I like what Sark is doing with this team. They're way more physical. And you mentioned Mitchell coming over on the offensive side. He helps Xavier Worthy because that passing attack was missing one other guy who could stretch the field a little bit and help out Worthy. So I think, I think the offense is really going to be special, and I like the physicality they're showing on defense. It's crazy when you think about it, guys, that these two teams combined lost 10 games by a score or less. It does mean that we could see something dramatically different in 2023. Uh, but dare I ask, it's you know what? Why not? It's never too early, Aaron. A Big 12 prediction as we sit here at, at the last day in January, I might add. Yeah, a uh, lot, lot that can happen still. Obviously, we have a whole other transfer period that can occur after spring. But I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I do think they take a step forward on the defensive side of the football. I think they get just that much better. And I trust Dylan Gabriel more than Quinn Ewers at Texas. I think Quinn Ewers is more talented. I just don't believe in it yet based on what we saw at the end of the season. Rod? Listen, let, let's just go ahead and tick off all the folks in Fort Worth and disrespect TCU completely after they got to the championship game. Because uh, neither one of us will pick TCU. I, I'm, I got Texas, you know, and d despite um, – you know, some concerns over the history of whenever we pick Texas, they're not that good. I, I like where this team is headed. And I, I like Quinn Ewers. And I think with the changes they've made on offense to get worthy of uh, some help on the outside, I think they're going to be really good. I think having Jalen Ford return and uh, Tavondre Sweat, I think the defense is going to be good. So that's my pick. And TCU has a little bulletin board material to get them set for the next season. Well, I tell you what, Rod, I, I picked Texas in July of last year. And for a hot minute, I thought I was on to something. Like, I was the only one who knew. And then we all came back down to earth. So, I'm opting out, at, le yeah. at least until the summer. But uh, I appreciate the input. Uh, still to come on College Football Live, consider this 178 quarterbacks entered the transfer portal since the end of the season. We'll talk about who landed where and the difference they may make coming up. Let's look at the quarterback shuffle this offseason. Some of the bigger moves, starting with Sam Hartman after setting the all-time ACC record with 110 career passing touchdowns at Wake Forest. He heads to Notre Dame to play his final collegiate season. And then a surprise. It just never evened out. Former Clemson quarterback DJ Uyunglele has made his move to Oregon State. The two-time ACC champ struggled a bit but should still help the Beavers get to the next level following an impressive 10-3 and season. Kentucky was looking and then found their Will Levis replacement. 
taking in NC State's Devin Leary from the portal. Leary had a 17-4 record as a starter over the last three years. He added 54 passing touchdowns along the way. And then a surprising move, former Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders decided to join Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. The Rebels still have Jackson Dart returning for one more season. They also added Walker Howard from LSU in the portal as well. There are countless others. I mentioned how many who found new homes through the portal. Those include Tanner McCordial teaming up with Luke Fickle at Mordecai teaming up with Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Shador Sanders, of course, joining his dad at Colorado. And then guys like Graham Mertz and Drew Pine. The list really goes on and on, although, Aaron, those marquee names will certainly grab the headlines. So many, 178 in total quarterbacks who entered the portal looking for a new place to play. What is motivating these types of moves? Uh, a lot of a lot of it's money, NIL. It's a new world, man. These guys are essentially free agents. They can go out there if they haven't used their one-time transfer and kind of see who wants to pay me the most money and, and good for them. I mean, you're at the quarterback position. You know you're going to get paid a lot of money. Some of these guys, seven figures plus. Go out there and make your money. So I think that's the first thing. Obviously, guys are motivated by championships. They're motivated by opportunities to maybe change systems to show the NFL. I think Sam Hartman's a good example of that. So all these factors are a little bit different, but I do think at the core of it, money is a big mover in today's game, Rod. Yeah, Aaron, you know, uh, this isn't new that we've had a lot of change with quarterbacks transferring. The last 10 years, we've seen half of the best quarterbacks, you know, transfer. And over the last seven years, since 2015, five of the top rated, uh, five of the seven top rated quarterbacks have transferred. So the thing that's different is that we're seeing starters now leave. Yeah. It used to be just players leaving for playing time, but starters are leaving. And I think you're right. You know, money and NIL has its place and maybe a factor, but it's a little bit presumptuous of, of us to say that that's the sole reason. I mean, sometimes players want to change their environment. Sometimes they've had a bad experience and they want to move on. So I, I think it's more than just money, but I think you're right. Money plays a factor. Well, and, and, and I think Sam Hartman's a good example of maybe a guy that you know, may have an opportunity at Notre Dame in the NIL department, but I think he's someone system-wise that kind of looks and say, okay, what we do at Wake Forest maybe doesn't translate extremely well, that slow mesh offense to the NFL. I have one more year. I go to a place like Notre Dame that has a, I would say, a more legitimate opportunity to compete for a playoff spot, and plus I get to be in a pro-style system to really demonstrate to NFL scouts that, hey, my numbers are great at Wake Forest, but I can also produce that here at Notre Dame as well. So I do think that's a big reason, but I'm a little bit flabbergasted like you are, Rod. Like I started for four years at Georgia. The thought of me playing three years at UGA, building all that credibility up in, in the state of Georgia to then say, okay, adios, see you later. I'm going to go somewhere else. is just uh, a little awkward to me. Yeah, but listen, I, I'm with you. There's no reason to be mad at these guys. They are getting the same right that every other person in America has to better their situation yeah. if they can. I know coaches and fans are upset about it, but it's a fair, fair deal, I think, Wendy. Well, it is. It is also, and, and they're well paid, but it has added a new challenge and a new layer to what head coaches have to do. Of course, they are now incredibly responsible for using that portal, for scouting that portal, and, and perhaps finding a, a one-ticket game changer immediately where it used to take several seasons to develop, especially at this quarterback position, Rod. And so having said that, I'll ask you which of these quarterbacks can make an immediate impact and perhaps be a season changer for their new team. 
Well, I, I like the move of DJ, <clears throat> excuse me, DJ Uyangalale going to Oregon State. Uh, I, I think that's the perfect place for him. That is a top 20 football team that last year could have won 11 or 12 games. They had below average quarterback play. And had they gotten average play, they might have won the Pac-12. They had USC on the ropes, but their quarterback threw four picks in that game and they lost by three. So DJ moves into a situation where there is a solid offensive line and the system, Aaron, the system works for him because Jonathan Smith, yep. the head coach, believes in the NFL style, the play-action game, and protecting the quarterback. So DJ is going to get every opportunity to be a pro-style quarterback at Oregon State. And this is a team that a lot of people may be shocked to hear this. Ten wins, that might be the starting point. They might win 11 or 12 next yeah. year with DJ. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I really like that. And I like I, I think DJU has a lot of talent. He just sometimes you talk about getting a new landscape, uh, new change of scenery. He definitely needed that after Clemson. Uh, I'm going to go to Sam Hartman going to, to Notre Dame there. Marcus Freeman, you know that defense is going to be absolutely tremendous. He's one of the brightest young coaches out there. Absolutely love what he did in year one, kind of rebounding from a slow start. But you look at the offensive side and the issues they had at the quarterback position, only 200 yards per game through the air. That is not going to get it done. You pair Sam Hartman, his athleticism, his ability to push the ball vertically down the field with that defense, with that run game, all of a sudden you're talking about a Notre Dame team and that schedule that has a chance to win 10-plus games and fight for a spot in the playoffs. Aaron, is there a head-scratcher for you, a move that simply doesn't make a whole lot of sense in your mind? Yeah, Spencer Sanders going from Oklahoma State there to, to Ole Miss, and I get the, the the excitement of working with Lane Kiffin. He is a quarterback whisperer, one of the best out there. But Jackson Dart, I thought last year, played really, really well. And Jackson Dart was not the starter day one. For those that forgot, they had a quarterback competition through the first four weeks of the season. Jackson Dart won it over Luke Altmaier, and and I wanted to see him get a full offseason. I thought, like you said, he played well. I thought he fit what Lane Kiffin wants to do. 20 touchdowns, six, 600 yards rushing. You know, for Spencer Sanders, you get one loss opportunity. If I'm going to use my one free pass, my one last year of college football, I'm going to go somewhere where I don't have to compete for my job. I'm going to go somewhere where I know that I'm going to get all the reps and I'm going to be the starter at the end of the day, Rod. Yeah, Aaron, this one is a bit surprising because it, you just feel like there's more to the story that we don't know because Spencer Sanders, he's the second winningest quarterback at Oklahoma State. And certainly looked like he was going to finish his career there. So it just seems a little bit odd that he's going to go and compete with Jackson Dart and others to get that spot. He did say publicly he wanted the challenge of the SEC and that he's had three offensive coordinators at Oklahoma State. But, but it just seems like there's a piece missing that we don't know about mm -hmm. because it seems like a very odd move. And we may never know. Well, the portal guys so saw over 700 entrants uh, when the day it opened a few months ago. That's more than quadrupling the single day high uh, from previous. So, uh, you know, these guys are getting the message. Uh, they can and will find a new opportunity when when it's available. It is the college football offseason that we know. That means stop me if you've heard this before, but the hardball to NFL rumors begin to fly again and again and again. Where have we landed? We'll tell you what we know next. <laughs> Here's our ACC SEC Super Tuesday doubleheader. Duke hosting Wake.
Kentucky Ole Miss, both games on ESPN and the app. And then on ESPN Plus, Kansas and Kansas State square off again, this time at Allen Fieldhouse. The Jim Harbaugh saga has been an interesting one. Back on the 10th, he interviewed with the Broncos. Less than a week later, said he would stay in Michigan. He's reported to have met with Denver again, but they now have appeared to have settled on Sean Payton. So you have to believe, at least for this minute, Rod, that Jim Harbaugh will stay at Michigan. But the bottom line is this. He's obviously interested. At, at some point, he'll go, and good for him. But, you know, this back and forth, I would think, has to be difficult for the Michigan community. Well, Wendy, you know the Maya Angelou quote, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And so Michigan mm -hmm. and Michigan fans have to understand that Harbaugh wants to be in the NFL. And I can't blame him. He lost a Super Bowl to his brother. So you know he mm -hmm. wants to get back to the league and get back to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So, Aaron, I, I think that's the motivation. That's where he wants to yeah. be. And I think Michigan fans have to accept that. I don't think, yeah. however, Aaron, it's going to be a distraction during the regular season. Postseason, when the NFL jobs open up again, it'll be another distraction. Yeah, I can't blame him. Any head coach right now, NFL just looks so much more enticing, not having to deal with a transfer portal, NIL, or anything else going on as a college football coach. So, yes, he wants to get back to the NFL. Just doesn't look like it's going to happen this season. No, and I think you make a good point, Aaron. It is difficult with the NIL and almost dealing with free agency. You're almost doing the same thing at the college level, except with more restrictions. You can understand why an NFL job would be appealing. Happy birthday, Rod Gilmore. Uh, listen, that's big college football <laughs> news right there. We'll be back again tomorrow. See you then.